In 2003, Nike signed 13-year-old Freddie Adu to a seven-figure contract. But Freddie didn't live up to the hype. He has turned down every single documentary project looking closely at the details of his career. Until now. People are going to look at everything you did because of the hype surrounding your arrival and what they think you can be. I'm Grant Wall, and this is American Prodigy, Freddie Adu, from Blue Wire Podcasts. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 46 of Land Parties from the Las Vegas Review Journal. This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. I am your host, Lucas Agan. Joining me, as always, is Ryan Smith. Ryan, how was your Thanksgiving? It was good. I, we're actually up at the in-laws up in northern Nevada. I am literally in the middle of nowhere right now. That's why my setup is a little different. Um, but it was good. You know, good good family, good food. Uh, you know, we got to help them. Uh, you know, they're moving up here and slowly, like, building out this house and stuff. So, you know, just being able to come up and be with family and, and help out. You know, also still, it's my family and then uh, her her parents. So... Uh, it's nice to get away and kind of get away from electronics in the city and and just chill out. It's cold. It's super cold. <laughs> How was your weekend, my friend? My weekend was good. Just had Thanksgiving with my parents, so a nice little low-key affair and uh, helped them cook a little bit, which is always risky when you're asking me to cook, but everything turned out okay, I think, for the <laughs> most part. Everybody ate everything, so that's a good sign. <laughs> but we are ready to welcome a very special guest this week. You know him as the voice of Jin Sakai in Ghost of Tsushima. Joining us all the way on uh, on the weekend on with just some, some brief time off that he had, Daisuke 2G is joining us. Daisuke, how are you, my friend? Thank you for joining us today. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, yeah, I'm uh, having a great time. I'm in uh, London right now. Uh, it's my first time being here. So, uh, yeah, I was kind of jealous uh, hearing about uh, Thanksgiving. Um, <laughs> for me, I was thinking like non-existent. Oops, sorry. You're fine. Right, You're fine. That was an alarm for, for this, for this actually. So it's very important. Um, yeah, I didn't really get to do any uh, Thanksgiving thing, um, but I, I'm lucky to be working right now, you know, for an actor. So can't complain. Fantastic. First of all, some congratulations are in order. Congratulations on your nomination for Best Performance yeah. at the Game Awards. Thank and Ghost, you. You're welcome. And of course, Ghost has seven nominations total, including Best Game. Yo, let, let me start there. How exciting is that for you to be recognized and see this game get as much recognition as it has? Oh, man, it's just not, you know, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, it's very exciting. Um, you know, it's something we all kind of wished. And, you know, even when we're waking it, making it like, you know, the cat like Somali who plays Yuna or she would like joke about yeah you can get nominated stuff like that i, I never took it seriously but n yeah now that it's starting to happen it's uh it's very exciting um it's humbling um yeah but we'll see i don't know i hope we win because we just had the i don't know if you want to talk about this we just had the joystick the golden joystick award we were nominated for five categories and uh the last of us part two swept 
which you know they deserve it uh, as well. But but I was like, oh, can we get just one of these? Just just one of them. I don't know. <laughs> can I have an award, please? <laughs> can I have an award? Just one, please. Just one will do. We'll take we'll take sound. We'll take sound. Yeah. You know. Um, so I hope he wins something. Something. I mean, obviously, like you know, I don't like it when they they the awards are like being nice and they you know give one award to each game or whatever. We don't, obviously, I don't want that, but mm-hmm. yeah, I just want one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I mean. <laughs> This game has its legions of fans that that have just fallen in love with it, and it's easy to see why. It's gorgeous. It's compelling. It's such an emotional story arc there. If you can take me back, what drew you to this role, and how much did you know from the beginning? Because this game's been in development for a while. Uh, yeah, uh, so I worked on it for three years. I got cast in two thousand end of th- 2016. Um, but, you know, when I... Somebody asked me this. I just had the, the my first com, uh, Comic Con this yesterday uh, online. Uh, nice. It was the MCM and New York uh, Comic Con online. Um, so, and so one of them, uh, the one of the meet and greets fans, asked me uh, the question of you know what was it? Yeah, something something like that, uh, similar to that question of you know why did you audition or something like that. And uh, to be completely honest. Uh, the non-romantic answer is like, well, it's, you know, it's a job. <laughs> like I need the money and uh, <laughs> I need to make a living as an actor. And so, you know, we auditioned for everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, what stood out for me with this role is that uh, when I read the the description of the character, it's just like, well, it's, you know, I better book this or, uh, you know, because it's, I, I fit, I fit the, the role. Mm-hmm. So, it's it was uh, entirely it, it was for me to lose is is what i always put it like um yeah I'll, I'll get it if i do my job correctly so that's that's the mindset i i went in obviously like you know i feel that way about certain roles and then still not get it but but this one it was it was the right fit and it was it was great you know i i know that video game roles have been kind of a recent development for your recent kind of turn in addition to to usual acting the past couple of years here mm-hmm. what has your experience been on games and you know i know that you were with like the oregon shakespeare festival which is really cool i used to live up in oregon so i, I uh, oh. that's a very cool festival out there what they do i love i love what they do how yeah. how how did that kind of background lend itself to video games and was there a, a different challenge that you had to get used to uh yeah both a little bit of both uh of each thing of um you know uh, when you're doing theater you have to imagine like when you look out in the audience sometimes you're looking out in the field of i don't know an army of you know like you have to imagine you have to use your imagination and when you're on the set on the mocap stage you have to do something similar of you know you're not just in a blank set you have to imagine that there's you know whatever like a battlefield or your um whatever yeah yeah so there are similarities you know using i I have a clown background so uh using my body and very specific facial expressions to tell a story all of that lend itself to uh mocap acting i think Um, the specificity is one of the things i uh one of my mantras so it's uh yeah 
that's what I work when I look at the script. Whenever I get it, I, I try to figure out what the, what the story needs, uh, what the storytelling is, and uh, yeah. So that was uh, and, and what was the other question? Was the, what was the challenge right? Yeah. Yep. How was it different? Oh, just the suit and the head. You know, like there's all these. <laughs> I mean, when you're in the theater, at least in, when you're doing TV or something, like you have the costumes and, you know, what you're supposed to be, what you're, mm-hmm. you know, what the characters were supposed to be wearing. And uh, with mocap, it's not that. Uh, you're wearing a big old camera helmet thing and, you know, a bodysuit. But for me, it was, I, you know, I try to use everything that, that I can. And I just imagined that the suit was uh, was my armor because the armor, the Japanese armor is really heavy and the suit is really tight. So, you know, it wasn't that far of, out of the imagination. And also the, the even though Jinsaka doesn't wear a helmet, you know, Samurais wore helmet, helmets um, and they did have like, uh, we call it antlers with the cameras. So, you know. And samurai uh, helmets also have like antlers and stuff. So mm-hmm. yeah, it was uh, I, I used that, and it kind of also helped my posture, I think, a little bit because samurais probably had really good postures. <laughs> I assume, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. They did. As far as the character, like, how much did you relate to the character? And you know, what kind of like quirks did you kind of incorporate that that you found similar? Yeah. Well, as uh, so, I'll answer that quirk thing, and then you have to remind me the previous question. So, one of the quirks uh, I was watching, I believe, Yojimbo, which is a, you know, a Kurosawa film, and uh, I think I think Nate brought it up. Nate Fox, the director, and I was kind of chatting about mannerisms, I think, like that. And so, and in Yojimbo. He does this thing, and I basically stole it from him, uh, from uh, Mifune. Um, <laughs> but in the movie, he does this thing. What does he do? Oh, he just—it's just like a shoulder thing, like like he's a little bit annoyed, and he does it uh, whenever. It seemed like he did it whenever somebody looked up to him as a hero. He—it's kind of like a—he feels uncomfortable in that role, and. Uh, and so, yeah, we came up with some, <laughs> one thing with the arm, like he's a little wound up too tight, you know, and he has to let go. And uh, I kind of thought about the, the, the background with Lord Shimura about, you know, what, what does he say? Uh, don't feel your emotions or yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't surrender to your emotions, something like that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not very good at like remembering things. Um, <laughs> I remember my lines for this for the session, and then I, then I forget everything. Um, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> yeah. But anyway, so yeah, it was my way of like there's this there's this something that deep hidden anger, uh, maybe connected to his, you know, how his father died, and uh, yeah. So I just imagined he had this like chip on his shoulders, and. Uh, uh, Lord Shimra would like always correct him, like relax or you know don't you know your your right arm is like too tight or whatever, and so this is like his reminder. Um, um, but uh, it's funny because they, <laughs> and this is something about you know compared to video games and movies that in video games you can't really control when that happens because they 
added it. <laughs> they just put it as one of the his quirks. And if you play it, you you realize you see it. I don't know when. Just it just happens randomly from time to time. He just shrugs his, uh, his arm, which is really cool though, because that's something that I came up with with Nate, and then it showed up in a game, um, and not just in the scenes, you know. Yeah, in the game. Yeah. So that that was really cool. Uh, what was the the question that you asked before that? Before the quirk. Oh, I, I- I was I was asking too, and I I well I kind of want to I kind of want to switch it up though real quick because I, I wanted to see then because for me personally I have not played the game um, I was waiting for PS5 to oh. drop so I could play it oh, on the PS5 so I I know and I don't know I don't know if you've played it or not or as far as the story but what can I expect as somebody that I've kind of been blind on it and I've done it intentionally uh, just you know what I mean so I can fully can I like to fully get into a game. And that game is absolutely gorgeous. Uh, what can I expect as as somebody just coming in blind? What can you expect? Oh, you 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 want me to sell the game? Um, <laughs> you know, just imagine, <laughs> just imagine that you're a samurai and you get to explore. Uh, you know, get to immerse yourself in this beautiful island of Tsushima, this feudal Japan, and yeah, just uh, it's a, it's a fantasy, right? Like. Uh, you get to live that fantasy and uh, sucker punch uh, have done a very good job of, you know, trying to recreate, you know, year 1274 uh, Japan. And um, yeah. Uh, and I think the best way to enjoy it really is to uh, let the, the, the Island guide you and not, you know, because I think uh, with open world games, you get, you can get stuck with the map. Right. And trying mm-hmm. to find the next collectible, which I don't mind per se, but it can it can be a hindrance to your enjoyment um, because you, you just constantly not not immersing in the world, but immersing on the map and the the stuff you need to collect. So, uh, right. yeah. So goes to Tsushima, you know, the, the map isn't always there. So you, you just um, there's the we call it the Papa Papa wind. Um, you'll understand the reference once you play it. The, the wind, the, yeah, the wind guides you to your next spot. So, and also, if you just look at the world, you, you know that there, um, uh, smoke coming out of of a town, whatever. If you just go there, you just know that there's uh, a mission or something. So, yeah, that's a it's a very good game. And also, Legends, which is, a, which is another game of the co-op, co-op, co-op co-op yeah mm-hmm. which is a whole it just feels like a different game and i i'm playing it and i also really enjoy it so yeah i recommend it <laughs> game of the year you know you know it is such such an emo- emotional story like like it's 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 quick to fall in love with and then it takes you in in some unexpected places that just deepens that connection and i know i know that you know, when you're working on a project, is there a, a point that you start to think, oh, hey, this project could be something pretty special? Or is that something that you don't really get a sense of until the finished product's kind of out there in the world? Well, I thought it was special because of the the Asian-American aspect of it, that they hired uh, all Asian-American actors for this video game. And there hasn't been, you know, many of that that's uh, mm-hmm. uh, made by an American company, right? Uh, the AAA uh, American company. So that was exciting. And so, 
you know, my fellow cast members thought it was going to be special in that way. But it wasn't until the trailers came out that I didn't, it didn't really hit me. Also because I wasn't that big of a gamer back then uh-huh. when I started. So, and I, I'm still like learning a lot. Um, so I, I didn't know anything about Sucker Punch and, uh, <laughs> and Billy Harper when, before the first trailer came out, Billy, he was, I think he was showing me clips of the, 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 what, of what they were working on with the trailer. And uh, he was telling me like, okay, so the Sucker Punch logo is going to come last. Uh, and if you watch, that's that's what happens, I think. Because, and he was like, oh, because we're eh, kind of a big deal. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, uh, and uh, yeah, so I didn't know. Um, so if you watch the trailer, it's all about, you know, it's, you get to see Japan. It's like, oh, cool. It's a Jap- Japanese open world game. And then at the very end, it's Sucker Punch, and it's like, oh, they've been working on this game because you know there are a lot of infamous fans uh, still out there. So I didn't know anything about that. So when the first trailer came out, and the, to see the reaction of the of the fans, it was very it was very exciting, and I uh, it was yeah, the trailer was just even more beautiful than I imagined it was going to be. So yeah, that, that's about the time. Uh, I thought it was going to be something special. Um, you know, when you're working on it, like you can't really think about how big it's going to be, you know? But yes, to see it, to see parts of what they were working on was, uh, you could, you know, you can kind of tell that it was, it's going to be exciting. Although I was, you know, when the, before the game came out, I was uh, still a little nervous, but, but it turned out okay. What is that feeling like, like when the game's being released and, and now all that pent up excitement and all the fans are like, like itching to get their hands on it. But then there's that moment when they're just diving in that you're not sure if it's going to hit home like you guys hope it will. What, what's that timeline like? Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Uh, so the, the reviews come first. Mm-hmm. That, that didn't help me at all because uh there was a bit of a a a difference between you know the reviewers and the the critics and the uh the players the players overwhelmingly liked it more than you know the the review weren't they weren't bad right but we wanted it to be better and uh if if we get the chance to do it again if i get the chance to do it again like i was that so the reviews came out like tuesday and the game comes out came out Thursday night, right? Mm-hmm. And that Tuesday to Thursday was really emotional. I went, I remember like like I had to get out of the house, so I had to like went shopping, uh, grocery shopping and in the car I almost cried. I'm not sure I, for, I forget if I cried or not. But uh <laughs> yeah, cuz you know it's like because you work so hard on it right. uh, for 3 years. And not just me, but the people, you know, the people I work with, they worked even harder and much longer you know hours and hours and hours into this one project and uh you know when the critics critics are aren't giving 90 whatever points on metacritic you know it's like oh like what 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 are we what could we have done <laughs> <happened>? better <laughs> uh, what happened uh you know these and also like uh, we can't expect games to have uh, sequels or whatever, you know. Uh, but we hope. I hope. I hope that there's more uh, of Ghost of Tsushima. But 
what yeah when their views views came out so i was like oh is it like <laughs> i'm done like no one's gonna <laughs> like me i'm never gonna get hired again uh all this stuff went through my head and also like if if i get the chance to do it again like i would work so hard and <laughs> and you know i'll show them but but then the game came out and then after that the fans showed up and they you know they they let us know what they thought about the game and then then it was it was uh, it felt great and it still feels great let, let, let me ask and how do you balance that cuz we I, I you know i hear actors talk about that that balance between taking what critics are saying and taking what fans are saying and and there's there's a lot of times where those two voices don't match. So how do you, how did that help? What did you learn about kind of balancing what the fans say? You know, the fans are saying that they're, they're in love with the game and critics that say we like it, but not, not to that level of what you're hearing from fans. You know, I, I'm not supposed to care, <laughs> but I do. Mm-hmm. I try not, I try not to, and I try not to read reviews. I, I say try because I, I guess I do, you know, I can't help it. Even oh man, reviews are reviews are never good, but I, I can't help it. It's there, and people show me. And you know, sometimes the review is like the, they like the game, but the actor playing main character is like, eh. Uh, you know, it's like <laughs> that happened. That happened to me. I think one of my I think my parents was like, read this one. This one's good. It's like okay. It's like. The actor, me. Like, oh, great. Your your parents showed you that one. I, I can't remember. Why would you It was probably not my parents, but you know they probably like whoever sent it to me. They probably read the the title and maybe the first paragraph. Right. You know? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I'm I'm still learning how to navigate that, to be honest. Because also, like, what do you do with what if the if the fans don't like it? You know. Especially with sequels too, like, again, I don't know if there's going to be a sequel, but the thing about sequels is like, obviously I'm kind of referring to another game, but, but I'm not going to talk about, I'm not going to get into that. But <laughs> the challenging about thing about sequels is that people love the first one so much that they, the expectation, not just the quality of the game, but what they want the story to be or what they expect the characters to be is so, you know, it's, they're so passionate that it can lead to hate. It can lead right. to love, but it can also lead to hate because they hate it because they love it so much. And uh, yeah, how do you deal with that? I don't know. I hope uh, I don't have to deal with it, but I'd like to think that if something like that ever happens to me, I can just be like, yeah, well, we did, we did the best we could. And uh, there's still something to be learned from or, something to take that's that's really the 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 best the only thing we can do with any kind of criticism you know the 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 guys at sucker punch like nate and billy like they welcome feedback i commend them for it um that's i think that's very brave but they actually do like with their patches and things uh with ghost they've made adjustments to the game uh with new game plus and all that so it you know it they can do that and uh it's harder for an actor because I can't, you know, I can't really go in there and fix my performance, but all I can do is to learn from it and do better next time. Speaking of next time, since you, you mentioned possible sequel, if you had the chance to come back, is there an area of your character that you'd like to explore that you didn't get a chance to explore in, in this first game? 
Yeah. Again, well, again, I have to say, like, I don't know if there's going to be. Of course, a- yeah, of course. <laughs> Hypo- like, hypothetically speaking, I don't want to get like get my hopes up and then not happen. To be honest, there were some scenes that were shot uh, with the first one that I that would didn't end up in the game, or they kind of. Well, I can't really talk about it, but uh, basically, backstory. One of the reasons why I like uh, Yuriko's. Uh, missions side mission is that you get to learn a lot about his uh jin sakai's background uh his past with his mom and his dad and uh you know that's the that's that's the actors you know we we like coming up with with uh, with the backstory so anything that kind of explores that is a lot of fun for me so maybe, but that's more like a DLC, if anything. <laughs> um, I don't know. But uh, yeah, there's that. And also, uh, I want to explore how how much, uh, how bad he, like Breaking Bad. Like, because the first game is basically a, um, an origin story of uh, the ghost. And so to see how bad he can get might be very interesting to me and see if he if he becomes you know the villain if he you know if he if he stays a hero or does he become uh you know an uncontrollable killing beast i don't know but some yeah that's i feel like that's something to explore let me let me ask you real quick you said you're newer to uh to gaming what uh what series are do you kind of enjoy playing i don't know if you you're just playing on console uh do you play on pc what are some of your favorite titles yeah i love talking about that um so i own a playstation i just got my playstation 5 hi uh, hi hi my first game was <laughs> hey, hi, hi. did you get one already <laughs> i did oh i got yeah, out day um, one how's the day oh, one <laughs> yeah i was gonna say yeah uh uh yeah ghost of Tsushima looks beautiful in that uh so anyway um so my first game was miles morales on playstation 5 i just finished it I, and i streamed it on twitch uh it was a lot of fun and i i gotta say i do enjoy that i played the you know the first uh marvel spider-man that was really fun and miles was great it was shorter and i thought i was gonna you know complain about that but it was uh it was really a great length uh it was a really great story being able to swing around new york uh like that you, you can't beat that it's, it's amazing but yeah i'm a i'm a playstation fan uh nothing against pc or xbox or whatever but um or nintendo it just keeps it simple for me like if i had that option <laughs> if i have other options uh, like there's enough games on PlayStation. Like I can't, <laughs> I can't do more. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I'm a big fan of PlayStation and all their ex- exclusives. And I'm really not just saying that because I'm in one of them. Um, <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? They're actually really good games. God of War, uh, The Last of Us, Horizon Zero Dawn, and I gotta say, I'm looking forward to all of them. Uh, I don't know if there's going to be a part three of The Last of Us, but Horizon Zero Dawn is probably my, I'm most excited about the second one, especially because there's, we still don't, we still don't know all the story of that, that evil 
machine virus thing. So yeah, so can't wait for that one. I, I'd say that's my that's my favorite. Nice, you know, and, and I know that uh, as an actor that that you just are trying to get the breadth of work that you can handle. But in an ideal world, where do you see gaming roles kind of fitting in? Is this something that you want to mix in regularly? Or is this something that was kind of, you know, you tried, you had fun, but want to get back to like theater or, or film or anything like that? Um, you know, I've been lucky to be able to have done a lot of different things. Like I've been part of Cirque, like circus, um, not, not as, you know, like a circus performer. I was more of an actor in that, but, um, you know, to have done that, to have done Shakespeare, uh, theater and some TV, I still haven't done film. So I do want to get into that world as well as more TV, but, um, man, I love video games. I love voiceover. I know I can be better. Um, you know, I look at guys like Troy Baker and, you know, Laura Bailey and how much they work and the, the level of work that they do. It's like, you know, uh, I, you know, I, that's something to uh, look up to and something to work for, work towards. And, you know, it's, uh, you just think about the work, like right now, this TV is just starting up, you know, all because of Corona, but voiceover has been, you know, working pretty steadily um, with uh, home studios and everything. But yeah, just from from a financial standpoint, it's um, it's just smart to just keep doing more voiceovers. And that includes video games. Um, but anyway, like I, start, like I said, I started uh, gaming on Twitch. I started with Ghost of Tsushima. And uh, so it's, it's become, it's really become part of my i guess my identity as an actor <laughs> uh, because streaming is also feels like a performance as well and so uh so yeah i think video games is going to be uh, a part of my career going forward and yeah i got some uh, uh i got some projects i have two that are very exciting and i can't talk about it because it's that exciting <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so you have two two projects, uh, video, both video games that you you know. Next time I'm on your show or whatever, like you can <laughs> you can ask about those. Oh man, yeah, we can't absolutely. wait! We can't wait! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are how are you liking uh, streaming on Twitch and like building a community and seeing you know these these people come together on Twitch? How's that experience been? Yeah, so uh, it's been great. I um, I started out, uh, you know, with Ghost of Tsushima. I thought I was just going to show it to my parents, and there were, you know, a bunch of people started following me. I was like, what? <laughs> like, why? Why are you still watching? I don't know. Um, so it was like it was really shocking at first, but then you know, once I got used to it, I was kind of like, okay, I'm I'm the show. Like this is the you know me you know reacting to the video game and chatting with the chat. It's, it's it's a show. Um, so once I figured that out, it kind of clicked in my brain like, oh, this is kind of like an improv game. It's kind of a, and I've done that with clowning where in a class uh, I was put, put in front of the, the class alone on stage and, you know, said, you know, just do something, do something entertaining. And, uh, and I, I felt like I was pretty good at like coming up with a game out of nothing. And so I felt like, oh, maybe this is where that training comes in handy. You know, I can use that. 
it's become a lot of fun. Um, you know, sometimes it's hard <laughs> when there's nothing happening in the game or whatever. It's like, it, it's hard. Um, and I'm still like kind of, it's befudd- befuddling to think that people, you know, right now it's like a hundred people or whatever, like watching me. It's like, it's still a hundred people. That's a, that's a lot of people watching me. <laughs> it's, like, <laughs> again. It's, so it's, uh, it's mind boggling. It, it's also, kind of, you know, some people do this as, as a, a job. So it's, it's starting to be, you know, I have my team of moderators and we have weekly, weekly meetings. I have a meeting after this, uh, I believe. So it's become its own, you know, it's channel. It's, it's become its own uh, business. It feels like, which is, I, which is not something I expected at all, but at the same time, you know, I'm, watching YouTube videos of how to make your uh, stream better and stuff like that. And I, I am trying, like every stream, I try to, you know, make some tweaks. And once I, once it's become that, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of fun because it's like, it's like your own channel that you can m- make it better every time and, and have fun with it, you know? So yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really interesting. It's very une- unexpected. And also fun fact, yesterday, pretty much, I had 39 meet and greets at the Comic-Con mm-hmm. and pretty much all of them, maybe except like two people have been watching me on Twitch. And so had, had I not been doing that? Yeah. So had I not been uh, streaming, how many people would have come to my <laughs> meet and greet at Comic-Con? I don't know. It, it might've been a really sad affair, you know, <laughs> like nobody showed up, like nobody cared about it. like, I was like, who cares? <laughs> good game, but the actor, whatever. <laughs> you know, <laughs> was there a particular scene that stood out to you as either the one you, you felt that you just nailed it or the one that was most challenging to you? Either, either way you want to take that. Sadly, I don't think I've ever felt like I <laughs> Oh, man. I don't know what that says about me, but, but yeah, every time it's like, it's good. It's good. If anything, it, <laughs> the scene with uh, Ryuzo at the very end of uh, Act 2, where I'm... Uh, this is kind of spoilers, but this is leading up to the fight. So, every scene we do like 10 takes or something like that, like a lot. And then at the very end, Nate says, do whatever you feel like doing. And so that, that take, we, um, because we knew the scene so well, we just kind of played and, uh, we were just more aggressive or he was much more aggressive towards me mm-hmm. and, uh, and it, it felt great. It, it worked, you know? Um, so that felt like that was very exciting because we, we got the shot, but then we wanted to like, let's try this, you know, something, Let's just try it and see what happens, and it and it worked very well. What was the other question? Cool. Um, like like was was there was there a scene that you found most challenging, or or that 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 you had to kind of really work to to get a good handle on? Uh, the well, there's another spoiler probably. Uh, probably the the very last scene. Any scene that requires like a lot of like, not that Jin is like the crying type, but like for me, like cr- crying is very hard for me. So, you know, anything with, with, uh, with high, high emotional stakes, it's really hard because it's, again, you're, you know, you're on a set with nothing. So you just really have to focus on just the relationship and the other actor. 
so uh yeah those scenes are are very hard for me like i'm i'm a very technical i'm very good with technical uh stuff you know mm -hmm. uh with movement and again specificity but then uh the raw emotion stuff like you i i have to throw all of that away in order to get to that place you know mm -hmm. um so yeah it's like it's like going against what i'm good at and still hopefully be able to do i'm still doing both right of like what we rehearsed but also just be in the moment and all that stuff so yeah that's sometimes challenging for me because i get you know i get so used to doing it a certain way and then trying to live in the moment is uh can be challenging you know we we always like to ask there's a lot of aspiring actors out there, right? But I think this is one of those professions that can be really daunting, especially at first. You know, you, you can it's easy to get overwhelmed. Uh, a lot, I think a lot of times people don't even know where to start or how to start. What would your advice to be to that aspiring actor out there? Um, aspiring actor, there's just any actor, not just VO. Um, well, let, let's, let's do VO, yeah. Okay voiceover well i started voiceover after you know establishing myself as mostly theater and some tv actor um so for me it was just a, a matter of taking classes and uh making a good reel um that's important uh and then the reel you submit to agents um hopefully you have some friends that you can that can refer you and uh eventually you'll get an agent and then you then you go out to auditions so, you know, it's, it's not cheap unless you can really fake a really good reel. What's, what was taught to me is that the reel has to sound professional, like it has to sound like you're already working, right? Because agents won't sign you unless they're, you know, they're going to, you're going to make them money. Mm -hmm. So it's just, a, but as long as your reel sounds professional and it sounds like, oh, he's booked some you know, commercials, as long as it's not like McDonald's or something that's really big. And it's obviously not, you know, that you, this is something made up, right. Then it's not, that's not good. You don't do that. But you know, some, some random product that you're selling, uh, that you wrote and, uh, and it sounds professional and you sound great, then, uh, then yeah, then you can sign it with an agent. So real agent auditions, and then a bunch of, bunch of, bunch of auditions and then maybe <laughs> some of them you'll get and then um i've been i guess uh, again i've been told that like at first it'll be commercials and then other things like uh you know cartoons and all that i did not take that route obviously <laughs> um <laughs> i haven't done a whole i haven't done a whole lot of uh commercials very little cartoons hopefully i'll get more of that but yeah, video game, well, Ghost of Tsushima was interesting because it wasn't VO. It was actually through my theatrical agent because of the mocap aspect of it. Mm -hmm. So that, that was interesting. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, that was a very technical answer, but yeah. <laughs> no, we know that, uh, that uh, you've got, you're taking your time. You've got meetings, you got things to do. Where can we find you online? Uh, what should we look for next coming from you? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, you can find me. I have a website, daisuketsuji.com. If you can spell my name, um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, 
and you can watch me on Twitch, uh, twitch.tv uh, slash DiceKTsuji, which is dice, they're like roll the dice, K to the number G. And uh, <laughs> I say all of that, like I update all of that very often. I'm terrible. I'm terrible <laughs> at social media. I'm just being honest. I don't have the time. I don't. I just don't have the patience. It's a job in itself. It's a job <laughs> it's a, in itself, for real. It is a job in itself. Yeah. If I if I if I get rich enough to hire an assistant, that's what's next <laughs> for me. No, I, I don't think it'll be. It'll be a while. I it'll be a while until I need an assistant. Um, but yeah, things coming up. I'm so I'm working on a TV show right now which I don't think I can talk about. The The project has been announced, but uh, the casting hasn't, I think, but soon. So look out for something <laughs> for TV. <laughs> I'm working on video games, couple that I, yeah. But again, also the thing about this, this uh, job is that uh, I always like to say anything is possible. Nothing is, wait, anything is possible. Nothing is something. I can't remember right now. I'm all, but it's hard to remember when I'm put on the spot. <laughs> it's a model that I always say and I can't remember it. But yeah, anything is possible. Nothing is guaranteed. No, nope, it's kind of like nothing is guaranteed, but that's I don't usually say guaranteed, which is to say that I, you know, I said I have two video games coming out. That's very exciting. Who knows if I'll get replaced? I might, I might get replaced if, if you know, if somehow I, my voice like, oh, maybe this, you know, maybe it's not the right fit. They'll go with somebody else. Um, I've seen it happen. Not, uh, it might have happened to me. I was working on a cartoon. I worked for one day. I didn't, I don't think I gelled well with the director. And uh, I, you know, they said that it's like, okay, we, you know, this is kind of a recurring role. They haven't called me back. So unless they, <laughs> you know, there was a hold on their productions, like, oh, they probably didn't want me back, which is like, you know, and this, this is what I, that's, that's why I say about like anything is possible. Nothing is guaranteed or whatever in, in that, you know, I, you can be the main character in a video game and it's amazing, mm-hmm. but that video game might not have a sequel. That video game might have a sequel, but it, Jin Sakai might not be the main character. But you, mm-hmm. you know, he might not even, it, it, not even in it. It's all possible. So that's that's the the mindset that you have to have. That that's another thing uh, advice I would have to you know starting uh, actors starting out is that there are good times and there are, you know bad times and right. you got to take it in strides and um, you got to enjoy the journey. You know, both the ups and ups and the downs. So uh, anything's possible, <laughs> both good and the bad. Absolutely. Dice K again, thank you so much for joining us. Um, we are going to be right back. Let's take a quick commercial break. 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total visits than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly, so you can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. 
Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job, making Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. 73% of online job seekers in the U.S. visit Indeed each month, according to Comscore Total Visits. So it's clear Indeed can help get you the quality hire you need. That's why more than 3 million businesses worldwide use Indeed for hiring. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. The wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bent Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back, everybody. Thanks for listening to those short messages, and thanks again to Dice K. Ryan, I think that was one of the more entertaining interviews we've had. Absolutely. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, again, they are going to win. I'm sending all the good vibes for that dub uh, here at the Game Awards show uh, coming up. So that was just such a fun interview. That was so much fun. Speaking speaking of strong video game performances, uh, Sandra Saad, who you might know as Kamala Khan in Marvel's Avengers, who we, of course, had on a couple months ago now, yes. won Best Performer at the Golden Joystick Awards. And Ryan, we both agree that the campaign itself is pretty strong, and Sandra's performance was a heck of a performance in that game. It was so much fun. I mean, she really, I mean, she brought the character of uh, Kamala Khan to life. Uh, she's such a fun personality. I don't know if you guys checked out the, the episode that she was on here, but she is a blast to just talk to and, and puts out so much good energy. Um, this isn't surprising because she, she really was such a, a, a bright beacon within the campaign to her being the main character. Um you know what I mean? This is I think this is well earned and well deserved. Congratulations, Sandra, on that golden joystick. Yeah, to this day, I cannot fathom why they delayed marketing her as the main character like that. That should have been front and center from the beginning. And I think that would have helped change the narrative about that game a little bit. 
I agree. Well, you got to think too, man. Like she is in a part of a cast, you know, Nolan North, Troy Baker, uh, Bailey, Willingham. You know what I mean? Like these are all, you know what I mean? Triple A voice actors that, that have done so much work. So to come in working with the cast like that, you know, that I can only imagine that just raises, you know, that ups your game and and ups your level of, you know what I mean? And I think that really showed uh, within the performance. And and yeah, dude, what I mean, what a what a cast, dude, what a cast. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Glad glad to see her get some recognition. Uh, clearly, she has a bright future ahead of her and it'll be exciting to see that. And before we go, Ryan, I just wanted to touch on a little bit of a different topic for us. And I wanted to, to chat about virtual reality. And I did receive a quest too, and just wanted to share some initial impressions and see where you are on VR. First, lay it on me. First, price point is awesome, right? VR has had, that's been maybe the biggest hurdle, right? VR headsets are not cheap. And then most of them require a gaming PC or a PS, a PlayStation. So like the cost of admission is sometimes astronomically high for the vast majority of people. So to get a headset at $299, huge genius decision right there right you you have to approach it from a price point that people can afford otherwise who's going to adopt it right who's going to adopt it if it's if it costs you a thousand plus to actually buy in fully so that's great um i just think right now i do not see many triple a games that like justify vr as a gaming platform i'm gonna be honest half-life alex yes of course that's that's like the one shining example beat saber Obviously a lot of fun, but what VR I think needs to thrive now is you need fully fleshed out experiences, knowing that they're never going to be as long, at least right now, as your traditional games, but you need those huge blockbuster titles. Otherwise, it's kind of a fun piece of a tech. Uh, I do have fun with it, but long term, I think they need a game plan here on how to bring fully fleshed out experiences rather than what seems like sometimes tech demos. Yeah. And, and I've always been on the fence about VR. VR really started getting pushed around when they were doing 3d TVs. And I was like, there's no way 3d TVs is going to thrive because it absolutely destroys your eyes. It's not a comfortable way of viewing. It's fun in spurts. You know what I mean? Now I, I believe that VR has definitely gotten better uh, since that time. But again, my biggest thing with that has always been there's nobody producing content for that platform. Therefore, you know what I mean? Now they've gotten the headsets at least to a more consumer-friendly level, but there's no content for it. So there really is no big, hey, let me put this money or let me invest in this without the content because there's not a lot I can play. Like you said, they, they feel more like tech demos than anything other than like Alex, you know what I mean? And you you may start seeing people because what we have seen is that augmented reality uh, has really starting to catch on and stuff like that. So I think as they're building more options and they see it as a more viable platform, I think that's when we'll start seeing more fully fledged out games uh, that were built specifically for VR. Uh, and then they could have some, you know, hey, they could also build in the... Uh, um, 
the fact that it's not, uh, you know what I mean, for not VR or just for, you know, normal platforms and whatnot. But I, I'm wondering, you know, you know, that that makes me think about Alex and how they didn't even build out you know, one for piece or for just like consoles or PC or whatever. It's strictly for in VR. You know what I mean? I imagine that then, you know, maybe building out both versions presents its own set of challenges. Yeah, totally agree. And and I will say this. I don't want to sound like I'm totally uh, stepping all over that industry. They're, they have made improvements. Like like the screen door effect is kind of is, is almost gone. Like it's there, but now the difference is you have to like look for it to notice it rather than that screen door effect being like in your face and easily noticeable. So so that's good. Um, I don't even think like so the Quest Two has about two hours of battery life. I don't even think that's a big deal because right now I don't like you like you said you take VR in short short uh spurts so so i don't there's not that compelling reason to have a marathon session and comfort is still an issue anyway so i don't even know that you could do a marathon session even if you wanted to Uh, they have to figure that out because your head just gets so hot uh (laughs) playing that for too long especially a game like beat saber when you're starting to move around a little bit oh my goodness terrible (laughs) um but so it's interesting. VR is an industry that I think is starting to figure out the accessibility problem from a cost standpoint. But now if they're going to survive long term as a viable thing that gets mainstream, the games have to follow and they have to follow, I think, relatively soon. Yeah, I yeah I agree for it to, to be, you know, again, I mean, I, I always feel like nobody has fully jumped into that space. Just because, you know, again, I don't think it's at that point where it could it's a viable platform that people are going to be able to or people want to jump onto. Uh, Can it get there? Absolutely. You know, like you said, the technology, things are changing. They're making it more consumer friendly, uh, both on the pricing side, as well as, you know, there's still issues within the the hardware and and you know like you're saying your head's getting hot and stuff like that so those are things that they'll they'll address and continue to build uh i'm curious is if if anything it's definitely something that at at least they're putting money into and they're exploring and making it better and trying to make it a viable uh gaming experience you know what i mean and and what's the best way to do that Right. And, you know, it's funny because I always think of when I think of VR, I think of things like Sword Art, Art Online or Ready Player One. If we ever get to that point, I mean, if, if we're awesome. going to swing big on VR, <laughs> that would be awesome to get there, right? <laughs> yes. Yes. That's what I want. That's what I'm looking for to VR experience. <laughs> I want a full immersion. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Yo, what do you got going on this weekend, my friend? Not much. Um, you know, I, I'm dreading the work week after a long Thanksgiving weekend. So this weekend I might need to recover <laughs> from Thanksgiving weekend still. So probably a lazy weekend for me. What about yourself? That's exactly right. I'm going to continue my my uh, gameplay of Spooderman and uh, just chill out and then look to get back to uh, doing things the week after and whatnot. So kind of relax a little bit afterward but uh yes thank you guys so much uh for joining us here on land parties we hope you guys have a great rest of your week and you know what it is we love your faces (laughs) 